The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. We're approaching 200 episodes in four years on the air, people. We're coming close to wrapping season six, where we've been focusing on how to operationalize and scale consumer-first healthcare and digging into the details of how to make it happen. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about the possible implications of moving away from Web 2.0. When the founder of Reddit calls Web 2.0 a weird mistake, does that mean that it's time to start reimagining digital engagement? I'll talk about that. Then my fellow podcaster Scott E. Burgess is in the house to share some provocative thinking about influences on our health and wellness that we often don't address. We'll dig deep into why Scott believes so strongly that consumers should be aware of all of their choices in their wellness journeys. This episode's jam-packed, and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Could the foundations of digital engagement be starting to shift so subtly that we almost don't even notice yet? Maybe you aren't exactly feeling the earth shake beneath you yet, but you're seeing the signs that a quake is coming? I've been investing time to understand the transition from Web 2.0 to Web 3.0. Another way of saying I finally jumped down the rabbit hole, and I feel like I can't adequately summarize the full sea change that I'm learning about in a three-minute monologue, but safe to say I feel the winds of change picking up, and along the way I'm hearing more people acknowledge the shortcomings and side effects of Web 2.0, or the current version of social media and user-generated content in online communities. But one of the least likely people that I expected to hear that sentiment from was Alexis Ohanian, founder of Reddit. So I kind of stopped in my tracks when I heard him talk on the A16Z podcast about it in that way. He said, This is probably a controversial thing to say, but I really believe that we're going to look back at this blip of Web 2.0 as this weird mistake where we just did the best with what we had. Because in 2005, running online billboards on websites seemed like a pretty good way to make a sustainable business. But mixing it with community, mixing it with social dynamics, mixing it with all the wrong incentives that it creates, when at the end of the day you just want engagement, at the end of the day you just want people coming back and clicking and hopefully seeing more ads, well, it's actually really unhealthy. And I relish the fact that this system is going to lose quickly because a better user experience has emerged now that the revenue models actually are aligned between the platforms and actual creators. Now, that's a lot of unexpected perspective to digest, but as usual, I started asking myself whether there are any implications for healthcare. For instance, are there areas to start exploring as the foundation for healthcare entities to at last bridge the gap with consumers prior to an encounter with the provider and engage in ways that make people healthier, both physically and mentally? For well over a decade, we've been instructing healthcare organizations on how to see their brands as content creators to publish useful information, education, and inspiration. 
and that to do so, we always need more clicks and followers. Engagement has meant publishing content on every new platform that comes along for the sake of reaching people where they are. So will that be the case another decade from now? I don't know the answer yet, but I know I'd rather start asking the questions now. This may be a long way off in the distance, but it's worth taking the time to start asking the questions and exploring scenarios now when the seismic activity barely registers. Because we all know that once the ground really starts shaking, it's too late to start coming up with a plan. Healthcare doesn't have to stay years behind other industries, you know? It's time to reimagine what the future of engaging healthcare consumers could be like. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the week. All right, I've got a Scott Burgess with me. Scott's in the house. He's going to share some provocative thinking about things related to his own, what we're referring to as our podcast journeys here. Bringing it, we're kind of going meta, it feels like. Pod, podcasters talking to each other on each other's shows. But one of the reasons I brought Scott on is not just because we we're friends and colleagues, but because of where he's gone and what he has discovered through the show, uh, Healthcare 360 being a top 100 podcast, having what are you up to? It's got to be close to 25,000 followers on Instagram by now, uh, yeah. nearing 20,000 followers on YouTube. Uh, this is a real deal. Like, this is something big. So, first and foremost, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks for reaching back out. You, What was really cool about the invite was that you broke my cycle because I'm a big thinker. And so, I'm in every day what's next so you broke that cycle so i thank you for that it's really cool <laughs> well it's easy to get stuck in there isn't it i, I hear you on that like yeah. it's easy to just think about where you're focusing at the moment but first and foremost a little bit more context what did i miss in your bio like what is going on with healthcare 360 right now it's just growing like crazy it's going like crazy and actually here's the thing so healthcare 360 is going to say goodbye and we're not going we're not killing healthcare 360 we're just killing the name and we're rebranding it and the reason why is the message is out there and the the idea and the thought, which can never be destroyed, is that had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore, what would you consider or what other options would you look at when you're considering other medical alternatives? And some of those words are starting to shift a little bit because I've really taken the time to kind of dumb things down. So the podcast is going to be named The Scotty Burgess Show, and we have new healing clinic. We have a new virtual teaching studio. We have a whole new podcast, this brand, but the, the concept is the same, which really is just an open conversation about what the hell is going on and what we can do and how we can empower people to take charge of their own health. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. And I love hearing the announcement. Actually, we didn't talk about that beforehand, before getting no, on the air yeah. here. So really exciting. Glad it's kind of serendipitous timing. It feels <laughs> like to have you back on here and talk about that. But I Kind of here's where I'm going with the, this thought, Scott, is that branding aside, the, the show, where it's been right now, like we said, 100 plus episodes, some of the guests you've had on are just mind blowing, quite frankly. And it feels like the, the show itself was built on this premise of helping consumers know about all their options for their health and wellness. Like you were just saying, if you knew about other things, would you consider them? Why do you feel that's so important? So I had been in corporate America for a long, long time. And it was, I've been designing operating rooms and clinical care spaces inside hospital. I was the person that they would call. And so being down in South Florida, I've been living down here now for the last eight years just to work, well, not work, but just to talk about this region of the world. My first year, it was kind of like build a business. And 
okay, we built the business. And then after we built the business, it got to the point where it was like, hey, call Scott, he'll take care of it. And it was done. The business was done. So the next year, they had sort of doing some realignments and restructuring because they actually had the team that could actually do the business. So I had my region reduced by about 75%, but I was also given more services and more tools to play with. And the reason why I bring that up is I was involved with almost every major project in every major hospital in South Florida. And I was working with architects, planners, administration, all the clinical teams, environmental, equipment planners, contractors, you name it. So my pool of people would be anywhere between nine to 12 people at one time. And I had to wear the WIFM hat. And I was pretty good with that stuff because I, I could sit there and just go boom, 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 right down the line. And I was always under the mentality of, if you cannot answer 99.5% of all the questions that are coming your way, you lost the business. It wasn't going to happen. And I, my real raw passion was to help people because I always would tell people that would train under me or to be responsible for, I'd say, look, what you do okay, is incredibly important. And here's what I mean by that. And they said, okay, I said, so that patient on that table, the ripple effect of people collectively that have a result in that room and that outcome to make sure that surgeon, that physician has the tools that he needs to help that person. That's where my passion came from. And so I was like, okay, here's what it is. This is what we need to do. Here's the reason why. I mean, incredibly passionate about it. And that's what made me really, really successful. As I went on in the business and I started noticing that it was, oh, well, we, we're not going to buy X, Y, and Z because we'll get away with ABC instead. And so they started, but hospitals started buying cheaper. It started becoming more about the revenue stream, being in the black out of the gate versus building the business successfully like I had done. I'm like, wait a minute, what, what happened? So I would say about six years ago, I, I noticed that the whole money conversation started taking over. Now it was sliding that way anyways, but it really started taking over. So I started exploring some different things. It was sliding. I wasn't happy with it. And I started really, frankly, getting disgusted with it. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not here. So someone can make a cheap decision so they can make more money because they spent less upfront and the black to go sooner, blah, blah, blah. I realized very quickly that what we consider healthcare or call healthcare is nothing more than sick care management and it's a business, period, end of story. I could argue with anybody all night, all day with all the proof in the world and say, here's why, here's how come, and here's the proof. And which is actually really cool is in my podcast is a lot of people will notice that where I started to where it is now is a complete shift. It's a complete shift. I frankly don't waste any more of my time talking about internal healthcare topics when in the healthcare business world, because it's designer on CPT 10 code and it's, aligned with a diagnosis that's in a book, which by the way, over 99% of them are incorrect. We don't even know where, what, what's, what's causing the disease. Health is more than healthcare. And there's a difference between what we want and what we've been talking a lot about on, on Healthcare Wrap is what do consumers actually want related to their health and wellness. And that's the real story. So we, we do see a lot of topics, a lot of, a lot of shows, a lot of headlines about big tech entering healthcare, non-traditional entrants, big retailers entering it. And it's easy to get lost in the headlines, but the real story is what's underneath. It's 
mm-hmm. understanding that health and wellness is really the thing that we want. We we don't want to be in the healthcare system. We want to be healthy. And there, there's See, such a difference. What I'm finding. So with this one, I'm finding with a lot of people too, who the hell wants to get sick, but our bodies are being poisoned because of what we're eating, how much we're eating and what's there. We now have to ask the question, where our local supermarkets are buying their produce from? Where are they getting it? How are they cycling the ground? How are they replenishing what's been taken up from the plants? How are they rotating their crops? You have to ask those questions because that's the level that we're at right now. I mean, our grounds are bare. We had a really fantastic conversation with Brianne Gibson. She lives up in Canada and she always would talk about composting the soil and and re-administering back what was taken from the land so it could produce again over and over and over again. And when you go into like a high manufacturing structured business for food production, more times than not, you're not getting the minerals of the food that you're choosing to eat. And so we have to start asking that question. So one, if it has a label, don't eat it. But even next to that is where is that food coming from? How is it being manufactured? What kind of chemicals are being used? How is it being cleaned? All that kind of stuff. And and that all contributes back to pollutants that enter your body that are never intended to be there. So these are all parts of a conversation when we do get stuck inside just talking about, yeah, like inside baseball, you know, like the inside the industry topics. We don't ask questions like that. We don't ask about food, sleep, fitness, Mm -hmm we just kind of leave those things out and we just assume people are going to get sick at some point and then we're going to engage in this system. And I think this is one thing that's encouraging to me is that the conversation is shifting, like I was saying. So yeah. instead of asking, how can we optimize and make make a better, you know, how can we improve or slightly tweak things to, to squeeze a little bit more profit or revenue out of the existing system. But seriously, you know, like that's, that's the question. So now the question I've been asking lately is how do we step back and say engaging with the sick care system isn't the only way it's far from the only way we just don't hear about many of these other things. So how do we make health consumer first? Like how do we actually even know about choices that there are out there? There's a great book I'm reading right now called daring greatly by Brene Brown. And it talks about the power of vulnerability and shame, the influence of shame and what happens. Chapter after chapter, you basically are asking yourself, how can this book get any better than it already is? But the one thing that's really important for people to understand, Jared, is this, is you don't understand the term pet cow. Let me explain it to everybody. This is exactly what happens. So someone's 30 years old, they're in good shape right? They're about to hit corporate America. They have to start looking for a job, right? Or they have to start working for themselves. But the point is they now have to go out and really conquer down on their career. They may be in a long-term relationship. They may have gotten married. They may have children, whatever the circumstances are, but the hunkering down in their career, right? They're the weight. They would be considered what doctors would say, you're in optimal health for a 30-year-old, right? Now, male versus female, all the same stuff. And all of a sudden, a decade goes by, You know, they got a gut, they got some love handles. The term pet cow comes from, and understand it this way, from the nuclear reactor issue that happened in Chernobyl. A big blast, someone can survive that, okay? But what kills people long-term is slow, consistent poisoning. 
So it was the fallout of Chernobyl that killed the most people that was the most deadly. So here's how your body responds. So when you're eating food and there are elements or there's compounds or there's substance in that food that your body doesn't recognize and does not know how to break it down, it goes, oh, it's a small piece. So I don't know what to do with it, but I'm going to put it over there. And over there means in the gut or some kind of like fat fat storage. We'll, We'll keep it simple that way. So all of a sudden... You have all this really dense adipose tissue in the gut, down here in the arms, because your body is storing that. It keeps saying, what's this muscle? I don't know. I'll just put it over there. That's what it's doing. So the pet cow effect in relationship to food and how we eat is very real. So it's a really important point. So that the fact pet cow, if you just look it up, it will actually give you probably a greater definition than I gave it to. I try to simplify everything as much as I can so people who don't know what that is and say, ah, now I get it. That, that's, that's what we're here for. They're saying, hey, look, here's what's happening. Here's why. Here's what you need to do. That simple. One, two, three. Hang with us. We'll be right back. And check out these amazing podcasts from our friends. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we want to capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Okay, back to the flow. How do we help consumers make health choices by making them aware of more about Mm-hmm. All the things you're just sharing, those are not things we normally hear from healthcare sources, from healthcare organizations yeah, yeah. and health providers. This, this is a, it's going to be a very atypical answer. But my first answer, I would use clean language. It has nothing to do with healthy choices. Most people, again, not all, but a higher majority of people have been traumatized because they were told at some point in their life, be seen, not heard, they have mommy, daddy issues, a relative or relationship issues. And then from there, I really would attack and go after the emotional system. Emotions really, in, in my practice, in my healing practice, we specifically target the emotional system. So the healing practice that we go and we utilize, I've studied under some of the best under the radar doctors I've ever even I could even even imagine, and I'm really fortunate to have been able to access their programs. So the baseline is this. I don't care about denominations, religion, and stuff like that. Uh, what I care about is if someone's 
being kind and good and everything else. But that, that's what matters the most to me. Are we here to help each other? And the answer is yes. If you're not here to help other people, you need to reevaluate. But in there, from the polarity of your chakra system, from the positive being the crown of your head to the negative of your spine, where do you have stuck energy? And when you have stuck energy, we want to work on that system. Because once you get the energy released, it's just natural for you, for you want to eat the right thing, drink the right thing, go to bed early enough and take care of your body. Because then you like, you start like, wow, life is wonderful. It's amazing. And so when you go after those two areas and clean language is really, really important because if you tell somebody that they suck and you and I are talking this way because we know each other and we're friends, just imagine for a minute and it doesn't have to be anyone specific, right? For you, Jared, but now anyone who's listened to this as well, I want you to take a minute and remember a time when you were criticized by a sibling, your mom, your dad, aunt, uncle, grandparent, right? How did that make you feel? And then I want you to remember how that made you feel. And then I want you to point to where you feel it. Do you feel it in your gut? Do you feel it close to your heart? Do you feel it in your neck? Right? So for example, if I give you, you don't have to say anything. So if I tell you to think of one of those things, Jared, right? Where do you feel it in relationship to head down to bottom of your spine? I feel it between my heart and my gut, I feel like. Okay. So that right there would be chakra three, which is personal power. So someone infiltrated your personal power. And at some point, the opposite to that personal power would be to cultivate a feeling of strength and well-being versus dismissal of personal power because there's a lot of techniques to help release that energy and here's what happens so if everything's flowing up and down in a vertical system right when this energy goes up and it gets stuck then it basically goes around in circles in multiple directions and then it's not connecting to the next chakra level which means that your energy system is off so when i bring people into my healing practice i basically clear the emotional system then I go right for the energy system. And then from there, it's clean up on aisle three. The physiology is what's left over. That's how I approach it. So I'm going after clean language and I'm going after specifically their emotional systems in relationship to. And what's really unique about that is it's just not one thing. There's a lot of, a lot of hidden patterns. And think of it this way. Your brain has, is a nothing but a nest of a neural network. And if one nerve gets, let's say, clogged up, or to the roadblock there, it will find a different way. It will still get there. It may take a little bit longer, but it'll still get there. And it's really important to understand the body that way. So there's a lot of hidden patterns of shame, of unworthiness, of just emotional baggage that people don't even realize that are there, that they stuffed it down. I would recommend to anybody who is really into reading or audiobooks is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It is a groundbreaking book, groundbreaking. Because here's the thing. Self-care is ultra important. And I look at it this way, where if a lot of people are saying, okay, well, how do you do that? How could I help other people if I can't take care of myself? And that's, that's a really valid point and a valid question that people need to ask themselves. It's ironic that people don't think that all these things are connected to how they engage with, with healthcare. And it just kind of blows my mind. And I've, I've always felt like I've always seen the connections. And when people don't, it, it just it kind of short circuits me. So I love being able to, to talk through one last angle on all of this, which I'm, I'm, I'm dying to know just your thoughts on this is the content creation side of all this. So seeing what you've been able to build in audio and video content for other content creators out there. Any advice you have for fellow content creators in this space, anywhere in the health ecosystem, 
So the, the first thing I would say is there's two things. One, if you have a fear, and I'm, I'm only speaking because I own this at one point, if you have a fear of just like getting on camera, and what's really unique is like I'm very comfortable here in this seat. I'm very comfortable when cameras on me in my own podcast. But when it comes up to like just throwing up a video on social media, I get uncomfortable. I don't I don't necessarily and I, I didn't like it because it was like, you know, what do people think? Blah 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 blah. All, all these different things run through your head, right? It's just noise. If you know it's real and you know it's legitimate, pick up your phone. You have an unbelievable phone camera, okay? <laughs> Get a, a nice little microphone or wear headphones, whatever, so people can hear you and throw it out there. Don't worry about all the graphics. I used to, I used to put that in place to think it was going to grab people's attention. It's not. It's the content. If what you have to say is going to change someone's lives and have a benefit, you owe it to the people that you're looking to bring on as clients or just even people, your fellow person that you're trying to help out, just throw it out there. Start over overthinking it. So now in our Facebook group, for example, I'm just like, look, here's what's going on. Boom, 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 boom. And here's why. And I'll show some research. And even if you don't know about something, what's really unique would be, so for example, there are a lot of vapors that are out there, okay? And for a long time, I was asking the question, like, there, there has to be something to this. It can't just all of a sudden, everyone would be vaping if it was, if nothing was wrong with it. And I wasn't necessarily looking for the problem, but something was just itching. And I was like, man, something's up there. I don't know what it is, but something's up. So Johns Hopkins just released the first extensive long-term study on vaping, and they've identified a thousand elements that are undefinable in vaping. And I'm like, Look, I don't know anything about this. So here I am doing a video. Look, I don't know anything about this, but here's what I found from John Hopkins. So here are my questions that I'm asking myself now based on what I just read. And here's why I'm asking them. And that's it. And even if you spark just, huh, I didn't know that. And then someone else picks up on it or they find something else because right after the article came out, I heard the first advertisement for an anti-vaping. Hey, do you really know what's going on? And I was like, huh, look at that. Look what's going on there. So there's obviously a movement behind it. And again, no judgment, no critique. People have free will and they have reason. And they have they also have choice on top of that. But if you're going to choose to do something, like look into it. Scott, I love just how getting a couple of people just chatting, how it opens up my mind. It helps me uh, see things that I don't normally see or think about. And if you don't think about something or, or aware that it's there, it's hard for that to be a consideration when I'm making my own health choices. And so I, I thank you for getting yeah. me to that that spot today. And, and just thanks for giving us a few minutes and sharing so much value. I'm so excited for where you're headed, where the show is. What's the best way for listeners to connect with you? Just remind us all the ways they can find you and the show and, and everything you're doing. The easiest way is just go to the website. So one of the things that we I didn't go into, and I actually do want to uh, add this in because when you talk about content and stuff like that, I really, really would highly emphasize that people start their own website, even just to own the domain, uh, just for the URL. So if, if eventually you're going to do something, because here's why. We have a business development section now through Scott E. Burgess. So the best way, easy, is to go to scotteburgess.com. My middle name is Edward, so that's the easiest way. All of my content is going to be there. And the reason why it's important is because we are living in a society now where it is us versus them or them versus us, however you want to look at it. And if you're a content creator and you don't, you want to talk openly and freely without having to get all wordsmithy 
and then have people say, what did you mean by that? And all that nonsense, just want to be able to speak freely. I really recommend that you go get your own website. You don't necessarily have to put a lot of money into it. You can use Wix or Squarespace. There's great plans out there. I use a personal developer, but we have a robust backend on ours because of the video content that we're doing. But that's something I would suggest. And the other thing I would, I would comment on too is I'm really happy that we got denied monetization from YouTube. Really happy because now I don't have to deal with them. Now I don't have to worry about, and I, I, at the time I was putting that in, I was like, oh yeah. But then I was like, you know something? I never really thought about that. And I, I don't know if you could have gone back and said, hey, please demonetize. But now I'm like, I don't need them. And that's what a lot of people would go into saying, oh, you, know, you, need, you need to do a YouTube channel. Well, great. That's fine. So I have the YouTube channel and I'm just looking for subscribers. And, and what we're looking for there is to convert people there over to the website. So if they want to go in, because one of the other things that we do, and I didn't mention yet on the website was the biohack review. So if you look at the med tech or the personal consumer space, for example, how many reviews do you see or reviewers do you find on YouTube for the new iPhone or anything Mac or Apple? Right. A ton, a ton, but there's nothing on the health space. So we just open up the first biohack review that people can come to us. They say, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? If you want to see something, we will buy it. We will. And then if we can bring them on as a guest onto the show, we'll review it. But it's going to be an unbiased, open review where we'll say, yes, this is good. This is not. So that's the type of stuff that we're doing. So people can actually come over and actually get trusted. They're not listening to another podcast and, oh, here's my sponsor. Buy this. I don't like that stuff. We, don't, we still don't do sponsors on our show. I will not do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I've always respected from what you do. Scott, this has been a blast. Hope we can do it again another time. But again, all the best to you and stay safe, stay well, and, and keep up all the work you're doing. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at shift.health, where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thank you.